Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of Lost at Random. I'm Danielle. And I'm Still. And today we watched season 5, episode 8, La Fleur, which originally aired March 4th, 2009, uh, a little over a decade ago. Yeah. It's its birthday! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> sort of. By the time this uh, actually gets posted, it will be long past that, but... Yeah, uh, this episode was... I it's think my at the third episode five one, and I, I uh, okay. So like, I knew episode five does weird time shit. But season like, five, your season five does weird time shit. But I, I mean, this was more straightforward. But still... Yeah, this is an episode that I believe, if you had watched this in order, it would be a whole lot of what the fuck. Uh-huh. However, we, I saw episode eleven. We have yeah, we ago. have seen things past this, so nothing in this episode that is was, really a surprise. That ripped off a bandage. What the fuck? And now I'm like, okay, this is how we got here, but still, also like mm, questions. Yeah. So we've we're going through at least two drinks today. The first one we opened was 2016 um, Imperial Stout from. It was from Acoustic Ales Brewing Experiment out of California. It was un- called Unplugged. Yeah, it was called Unplugged. Um, uh, Imperial Stout with milk chocolate, brown sugar, and molasses. We picked it up at a, a cellar sale. I think it was a bit past its date. I taste a lot of off notes in it. I I couldn't stand mine. She actually finished hers off. To me, it, there was a little bit of a dr- astringency, but it was kind of like milk chocolate astringency, so I wasn't mad at it. Uh, Syl is allergic to chocolate, so... That's a no-go for him, because, like, it's chocolate, but it's bad chocolate, yeah. so... So, I thought it, I've had worse chocolate stouts. Uh, I've had worse too, but to me, it's, eh, it, the off tastes were super bad. So I moved on from that to a uh, Culmination Brewing Illusions of Grandeur, which is a uh, vanilla coffee stout, breakfast stout from Culmination. It's it's very smooth. It's pretty fantastic, actually. Especially, it's a 10%. It's in a can. I am actually so very, the, um, very happy with this as a random pickup. This is a really cool can art, which I'm always pleasantly surprised uh, with. It's like the dot pointillism kind of thing printer test yeah but because you sign up for a beer podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah but anyway getting back to lost smash that subscribe button so i guess i'll let you start with review of the episode and i'm gonna take another sip of this delicious beer and i'll interject whenever i have questions okay so we start off with miles saying i think you can let go of that now and it's Sawyer clinging onto a piece of rope, but when we pan down, it is tied to the ground. Juliet calls Sawyer James. He's like, James, James, let me help you. James, stop. And then, I guess, you know, it's a rope that's tied to the ground. And she says, you know, wherever John went, he's gone. And where wherever we are was before that well was built. Um, Jen is also here. And Miles is like, yeah, way before. And Jen's like, how do you know that? And Miles points, and we see the back of a... Uh, a giant stone statue. It's a. It looks like a lion-headed human figure, uh, reminiscent of the Egyptians. I think we saw its feet uh, earlier in whatever season finale it is. Yeah, there was a season two finale that Walt and Michael left on. It was that point, but hey, here's the whole statue. Below ground, Locke calls out to James to see if anyone can hear him. It's a cave. But there's no there's no light source from above, so he's stuck. He can't seem to walk. So he's struggling to move. Uh, he stumbles into a chamber with a gear thing, 
like a horizontal kind of gear thing. Yeah, I don't know. Or you might see it on like a ship or whatever. I don't know. It's a wheel with spokes. He tries to stop it, but then the gears turn green and then weird flashes happen and Locke backs away. Everyone collapses. There's another giant flash and then it stops. Juliet says, what the hell was that? And so, Danielle. So do I. What the hell was that? That is a good question. Uh, Miles says this one was different. He says, that was more like an earthquake. And our heroes look up and there is now a well. Sawyer's like, block! And jumps in the well, but he doesn't get very far because this well appears to have been blocked off. There's, you know, stones and stuff in the bottom. Julius says, oh, my headache's gone. Miles is as well, and his nose isn't bleeding. And Juliet notes that, I think it's over. I think John did it. Jin says, well, now what? Sawyer says, well, I guess we'll wait for Locke to come back. And Juliet's like, how long is that going to be? Yeah. And then, is that when the... Okay, then, yeah. Then we have a black screen that says three years later in a serif font. So okay, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. So, that opening, thoughts on any of that, like the statue or whatever the uh, fuck that Locke was dealing with? The I, cave? I think it would have been way more fun had we stopped in ancient times with whatever pseudo-Mesopotamian, Atlantean, whatever. I mean, because like, we're still ostensibly in the Pacific, I believe, which is, but I don't know. They mentioned Tahiti being near a few times this episode. Uh, not so good on my tropical... Okay, yeah, no, okay, that's the South Pacific. Okay, I'm not crazy. Okay, so South Pacific figures... I don't know, the, the statuary still look North African to me. Oh, yeah, there's definitely some like Egyptian vibes going on with those. Well, we saw hieroglyphics before, so I don't yes. think that'd be too outside the realm there. Um, and we've, we've already been to Tunisia. I think it... And they could have, the, the problem with going to ancient civilizations is you could do it in a very not well thought out way and yeah. do things horrifically wrong, which is maybe why they're like, JK, we're going to go to mid-century. We'll, we'll tell you when that is. <laughs> um, even though ancient, ancient could be fun. But then uh, there's also problems like how do you communicate with people who don't know how to communicate with you? Uh, yeah, they, yeah, this... Which Legends of Tomorrow bypasses surprisingly well, but that's because they're campy and they don't care. Well, a lot of, a lot I mean, of things, care, a, a lot of things with time travel and massive space travel counteract that with universal translators of some Lost sort. Lost is not that sophisticated. Lost, it's grounded enough in its sci-fi that I, like, all it's, the... It's like, um... All the technology is relatively plausible for the time it's, period, um, or actually extremely accurate for the time period. There's a there's a concept for fantasy, high fantasy and low fantasy. Normally you think of, like, it's like, oh, high fantasy is just, like, super into it fantasy. The definition really is high fantasy means, like, you have a high amount of fantasy, you have a magic, and it's very integrated into the world. Low yeah. fantasy, magic is barely there, so... Game of Thrones would actually be, like, a low fantasy kind yeah, of Yeah, no, I agree with that. Because it is mostly medieval... And then you get some flashes of it here and there with whatever's going on north of the wall. But everyone's not just shooting but magic yeah, out of their you ass. You don't have wizards versus like something like the Lord of the Rings or Wheel of Time where it's an everyday woo weaves. I would um, even say uh, Lord of the Rings for the most part is low fantasy because the wizards are kind of more mythical creatures. Yeah, I would buy that. But when you go into something like uh, D&D, for example, is high fantasy yeah. because everyone's fucking pulling magic out of literally every object nearby and... And again, 
about saying Bruce Castle was flying in the sky through magic and that kind of stuff. Wheel of Time, even though you haven't read it. I know nothing about Wheel of Time. Um, channeling is a thing. It's known to people. The superstitious among them think they're witches. But anyway, uh, this is not a Wheel of Time podcast. Yeah, yet. I'd yeah, it's it's not yet. I would say Lost. I wouldn't really Lost say feels l- low. I would well, say Lost is self fantasy. It starts out low fantasy, and then we kind of get to some high fantasy flashes. It's also film. it's not quite hard sci fi, but it's definitely Lost is what I would put as like an alternate alternate timeline kind of situation, Magical realism kind of thing. Yeah, the, I mean the magic. If there is magic in the show, there's we, fucking polar bears in the Pacific. Yeah, and. But and it could, Asia. but they could all be described through science. They could all be explained. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would say that yeah, it's it's very the, the stakes of the actual magic events in the show are very low. I mean, on that note, we do have talking to the dead, maybe, and we do have things materializing out of nowhere from certain characters, maybe. So, but whatever is going on, it's not like I don't think Jack is going to be fucking casting fireball by the end of the show. God, I hope not. Anyway. Unless it's at himself. Well, okay. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him on a side tangent because I feel like you brought it to the table. We need to address it. If Jack was a Dungeons & Dragons character, regardless of edition, what class and race would you put him as? Oh, God. Um, I, like, I initially want to just say human fighter because that's his No, name. no, no, no. He's not but a like, fighter. I would probably... He's not very charismatic. He tries to... He thinks he is, but he's not. So maybe, like, high int, low is. No, I mean, if we're going to have to... If he's a doctor. Yeah, if we're going to have to go... Cleric? But, yeah, if we're going to have to go by fantasy character, I mean, by D&D stereotypes, he wouldn't really fit into a situation... With the stat thing, but I would say he would technically have to. He would be a okay, low like dungeon world, but but okay. I don't know dungeon world. But he would be a either a cleric, maybe a paladin, but probably he, he would have he'd be a cleric, but he would be an int based cleric instead of a charisma based cleric. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I feel like he would be dare I say lawful good. Or maybe not lawful. No, he's good. he's not. He's I I he's not lawful good. Okay. That's been I was gonna say clear. he's good leaning. He's painfully obstinate though. Yeah, painfully I obstinate. Assume, and I, I associate stubbornness with the lawful characters because they're very much. This is my fixed axis. I will not deviate. I would say he's. I would say lawful neutral. Okay. Um, maybe even neutral neutral, given how many times he's refused to try and fix fucking Ben. That's true. On the other hand, uh, yeah. But, I, would... I mean, that could also be because, well, I've done this once. Why should I do this for you again? I. Yeah, but still, but still, um, lawful good would fix him no matter what Hippocratic oath. And true. if and if he was a cleric of let's say physical science, because he's a doctor, that makes yeah. sense to me. It's a cleric of physical science, okay. a clerical of doctorhood. He his his oath would say the Hippocratic oath would be like his literal clerical oath. So that and him refusing to fix someone would definitely be going against that particular okay. oath, in my opinion. We'll go on with the rest of this episode, but I will like periodically ask you what what let's 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 D and Dfy all of the <laughs> I'm okay with that. I found our episode title. Yeah, I know. I like this idea. Um, actually, this will make this interesting because this episode's kind of straightforward, straightforward. Otherwise, okay. No, his super low charisma, good uh, average int, weirdly high strength. Given he's got, yeah, given he's got his high strength, yeah, given his character thing, maybe high dex. He, the dude knows how to shoot a gun. If if we had 
um, like fifth edition traits thing. I always want to say he's got the Jack rushes in whatever trait thing. Like he's just gonna go into the situation. Rather yeah, than about it. yeah. High initiative or just like I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would say he probably would also have the Jack of all trades. Fucking. Well, I mean, um, I feel like the player would be like, huh, "I'm gonna do this because his name is Jack." <laughs> but no, but lost, yeah, that's what the Lost Riders would do because they're like, "Oh look, we named our character this. We're gonna take this feat." Yeah, but he also has a lot of random skills that most surgeons wouldn't have. So is he a rogue? A rogue with a really high medicine? Mm-hmm. That's definitely plausible, but he's... I don't think... He's can't not imagine. really a skills monkey, though. Like, I can't the imagine. only useful he, thing. No, like, he's, he, he's, he's not... Yeah, he's not a rogue. I'd say... I'd, I'd say the... Sawyer is a high charisma rogue. He I might be... Sawyer might even be a bard, but either Sawyer's either a bard or a high charisma rogue. I say, I'd say Sawyer's probably a bard, actually. What about yeah. Hurley? Because Hurley likes... I don't know. Hurley seemed like he was into, Ooh. like, video game things and whatnot. Yeah, Hurley's a tough one. I don't know, actually. Luckily, Hurley doesn't okay. really show up, though. We'll so, 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 so okay. I have time we'll to just, think about we'll that. We'll just do uh, characters in this <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so that was a tangent. That's fine. We're going to come back to that. The only other thing from that opening, which we should mention before we move on, the cave that Locke shows up in, mm-hmm. and what the fuck do you think? I think he did fall in a well, but if he fell into a well and then they suddenly went to Mesopotamian areas, it was probably... I figure it's a lava tube. One, because they film in Hawaii. Two, because this is ostensibly somewhere in the Pacific. So lava tubes exist. So he was probably in some kind of cave, and at some point in the future, the cave collapses, and then somebody builds a well over it because, oh, look, water. I mean, the actual cave itself is less interesting than what the fuck was We're he... talking about the, like, the sideways wheel thing that he yeah, the Yeah, the thing that, that he turned. I don't know. We're, I guess we're gonna delve into some ancient shit, which uh, would have been interesting if we chose to linger there, and maybe we will when we come this, back to Locke. This thing might have been referenced in previous episodes, if you don't remember, then I'm not gonna worry about I it. I don't remember, and I think it's dumb. Okay. Uh, but I think it could be interesting, or maybe they did reference it, and I just don't recall. I don't- I, Oh yeah, it, it was It was very, very brief. I don't think we saw Locke and what happened happen, except at the very end when adult Ben wakes up, so I yeah. don't know. And then, well, because like, yeah, so you going know that- forward, I only have seen two episodes beyond this, right? So I've seen what happened happen. Oh yeah, you're right. And you then have. I've seen the one in season six. So I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, that's still weird to me that we haven't seen more season six, but I'm we'll deal baby. with that later. Time travel is weird. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to mention, which you didn't might not have picked up on, kind of hard to tell, but the temperature in whatever the hell cavey thing that Locke was in was definitely super, super cold. And that's all I'm going to say. You saying that makes me think you're trying to allude to the fact that it's going to be in the Antarctic or whatever. Charlotte, what's her face's... You mean uh, you mean Penny? Or Penny. Penny's yeah. base? Penny's base, or Penny's research thing. But I also am going to remind you, lava tubes are super cold. We, oh yeah, we've been in them. They're great. We went to Craters of the Moon National Monument in uh, South Central Idaho last summer. And it's my favorite place in the state to explore. We went in July. It is hot as fuck on the surface. Once you go into the lava tubes, they are cool. They are cool. I mean, there is literal ice. There is yeah. actual icicles in the lava tubes, and it was in amazing. The lava tubes. It's great. Uh, if you get a chance, you should go. Make sure your shoes have not been in any other caves because we want to prevent white nose fungus, uh, fungus infections on other bat populations. But yeah. save the bats. 
lava tubes are really literally cool. So yeah. you're telling me the temperature doesn't give me much more information if I'm already postulating that it's a lava tube on a Pacific Oh, I know. Island. I'm just, it might come up in a future event. You never know. Like, I don't, the thing is though, I don't know if the writers know that. So your hint is going to try and draw me towards, but what if he's also physically transported okay. to the Arctic? And that's really dumb. Keep in mind that. This is season five, so yeah. they've been filming in Hawaii for five years now. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure the writers have an idea of what lava tubes do at this point. Okay. But I also know... Okay, so the writers are clever, but I feel like the writers are making some dumb choices. Or at least... I get the sense from people who have watched Lost and they're like, Oh, good luck, that things go sideways. And we are getting to <laughs> uh, So I have... I don't trust the writers at this point. So, uh, <laughs> shall we move on? We should move on. Okay. Three years later, in serif font on a black title card, uh, we see somebody putting in some audio reels. A brunette woman is dancing with somebody in a jumpsuit. He's got unfortunate shaped sideburns, but they're not starburns. Another man in a jumpsuit comes in and he's like, what is this nanny? Why are you here? And uh, first man is like, oh, Rosie was just here dropping off some brownies. He's like, J-, and angry man is like, Jerry, what are you doing? And he's like, Phil. Phil, what do you think? Polar bears are going to figure out a way out of their cages? At this point, I should note that they're both men, they are wearing jumpsuits with the Dharma logo. The shape in the center of the Dharma logo is a star. I don't know if we have a star station. I don't know if we've come across a star station we, either because we went through an extraordinary long time plotting out a lot of the, the mm-hmm. stations that still existed mm-hmm. in, 19, in, the, in the 90s. Or in 2000, 2000s. whatever. So yeah. we... If there is a star station, it was not on the map that was in the hatch. It was also interesting to me that you were like, the fuck is this? Cause, and then I was like, you've seen this. And you were like, I haven't seen this in a while. So, show is still surprising you. Well, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen this. Uh, I honestly forgot most of the events of this episode this before we watched it again. This was also the point when we took a sip of our acoustic ales beer. And I'm like, I'm not mad at it. But this is when you pour yours down the drain because you didn't like it. It wasn't and that good. Nothing against you, Acoustic Ales. It's probably our own particular batch. Yeah. I mean, I saw other. It's two years old. So we beer, never know. Three. Oh, yeah. Three years. Yeah, you're right. Uh, someone on Beer Advocate also mentioned that they had an infected bottle. So it happens. But I, I don't know. I feel like I've had worse beers. Anyway, the jumpsuits are Dharma. But the central suit. Yeah, it's the star. Uh, there's text in the middle of it. Probably with the name. Bill says somebody or whatever says, if LaFleur finds out, it's my ass. And I know from, let's see, episode 21 of our podcast. Yeah, 511. Where we watched 511, what happened, happened that LaFleur is Sawyer. So I got that in my head. But people watching chronologically didn't know that. They're like, oh, who is this LaFleur? They're on the TV screens. There's a dude out by the pillars of long hair. And they're like, is that Horace? And he's got a booze bottle in one hand and a stick of dynamite in the other. And he sticks it in his mouth and he lights it and he throws it at a tree. The two jumpsuit men start to panic. They shove Rosie out the door. It is 3 a.m. and they're like, okay, okay, we got to wake up LaFleur. Do we have to? Well, if we don't, then there's still a man throwing sticks of dynamite out by our fence. Ah, we're really bad security guards. Very bad. Jerry and Phil race to a house, and they're very hesitant to knock it because they don't want to make the boss man angry. It looks like others' village cottages. They knock on the door and say, There's a situation. We hear Sawyer's voice before we see him. What kind of situation? He's got a very distinct timbre. He's got stupid sideburns as well. Which I guess <laughs> it's the 70s. 
It's not a surprise to me, because I saw episode 11 already. This Sawyer is LaFleur, head of security. Gas. have titles. <sighs> yeah, anything else you want to mention about that? Because I don't think there's anything to say in there unless you want to talk about those characters. I don't really have anything to say. I yeah. don't think I've seen, what was her face, Julie? Rosie. Rosie, whatever. Or Phil or Jerry. And they seem pretty mooky. Those were very unfortunate sideburns, but that might be their way of tipping us off that this is the 70s, where everyone has unfortunate sideburns. It might be. Before you carry on, I uh, opened up Stickman Brewing's uh, Bananas on Foster. Sorry, Bananas on Fire, which is a banana foster ale, and it... Stickman is from Tualatin, Oregon. It's not that banana-y. No, that's it's not that fostery. I'm... It's not that flavorful, which is literally the opposite of everything I would possibly expect from that name. <sighs> yeah. Continue this on. This wasn't going to be a three-beer podcast, but it sort of is because you were disappointed in the first, and now you're disappointed in the third. Yeah, well, well I mean, there's, be- there's a fourth one as well, but I really hope we don't have to get to that point. These are cans, so we will see. Anyway. Also, in case you're curious, one pint is 473 milliliters. Anyway, continue on. Yeah, the uh, imperial system is garbage. I say as a scientist. Miles comes out of his house. Sawyer is calling him Enos. Because I guess they all have pseudonyms here in the future past. (laughs) I don't know. uh, You you should have a good idea at the time. I do. Well, well, yeah, because Miles explained it to to Hurley in the episode three episodes we hear. But... Something we did not mention during any of the previous stuff was anything that Dan was saying before we flashed back. Dan didn't say anything. Before he flashed back? No. Okay. Because they didn't see him. Is it after this? It's after this. My bad. Continue on. That's why I have notes. <laughs> That's why I take the notes. Because uh, I'm in the driver's seat of this unfortunate expedition. Sawyer says they're going out because a fearless leader is blowing up trees. Unconscious jumpsuit man is holding a bottle near a burning fire. Sawyer says, okay, you put out this fire, clean up this mess, and I'm going to take him home to Amy. Miles, or take him home. Miles is like, well, why can't you clean up? And I take him home. And Sawyer's like, you want to explain this to Amy? Miles is like, okay. Sawyer brings him back to a cottage house thing. Amy is a very pregnant, curly-haired woman. She says, oh, where did you find him? Sawyer says, "Uh, I found Horace... By the flame, blowing up trees with dynamite. I know there was a flame station, but this was yes. the fence. We do not know if the fence is or still exists in the in the present in day. the present day. Yeah, I was going to say current timeline, but that that's that'd be, complicated. That'd because, be like, complicated. You were saying that like current is whatever the character is experiencing, even if they're going yeah. back to a thing. Versus like present time. I would okay. Let's think of characters and their trajectory, like embroidery floss going back and forth on a tablecloth. And one time they're on the far left, and sometimes they move. Yeah, I'd say let's say the two thousand four timeline. Let's just call it the modern timeline for convenience sake. Even though two thousand four is way contemporary. Yeah, so contemporary contemporary timeline. So we do not know if that fence still exists in the contemporary timeline. However, you have seen it referenced in. 
the 1970s Dharma timeline yes. before. Um, the flame. I've only seen one other episode. Yeah, and the flame episodes. station, you know, did exist in the contemporary timeline before they blew it the fuck up. I don't remember much about it. I'm not going to look that up right now. It was Mikhail Station. Oh, okay. All right, sure. I uh, think if I'm if I'm wrong with that, then I'm just totally wrong. With Amy that. calls Sawyer Jim, which I guess checks out because other people call him James, and Jim is a diminutive James. She says she and Horace argued about Paul, and then suddenly labor pains because this is television. Sawyer looks panicked. Then we have a, a dark screen that says three years earlier. Sawyer, Juliet, and company are hiking. When I say in company, it's Sawyer, Juliet, Miles, Jin. Four people. They come across Daniel. Oh, yeah. Sitting, muttering to himself in shock. This is the point I think you you thought we had gotten to. Yes. Uh, He's just kind of saying to himself, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to do it. He's definitely afraid and anxious. It looks like an anxiety attack. Juliet asks him where Charlotte is, and he says, oh, she's not here. She's gone, and he's very sad. He says, she's dead. There was another flash. She was just gone. Her body just disappeared. She moved on, and we stayed. Uh, Daniel thinks that they are stuck wherever slash whenever they are now, because uh, he also notes the headaches are gone. Sora decides, all right, well, we're going to go back to the beach. And Miles is like, why would we do that? No one will be there, because we're in the 70s. I remember he makes an, a, that's a great point. I remember an episode or two ago, you're like Miles makes more sense than almost anyone else in the show, and I'm kind of starting to agree with you. He so really I, does. Aside from the weird ghost talk, he's he's like he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, this is my <laughs> favorite kind of psychic. It's like Whoopi Goldberg and ghosts. Where she, I mean, she was mostly a charlatan, but yeah, also but, she's but like Molly, she's you and Danger Girl. Yeah, but yeah, Miles or is like well, that's dumb. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And then so, uh, Miles is also like, okay, well, then maybe we want to go back to Orchid. And then when that gets boring, we'll go back to the beach. Because those are the only two plans that you have, you people have. Which, she's not wrong. What do you know of the or- Orchid? I don't remember which one Orchid is. I'm sure You're right. You place. don't know what, which, which one before, the Orchid is. Uh, Swan is the one that Desmond was in. So yes. I don't know where Orchid is. You, we actually, as far as I know, we have not been to the Orchid yet. Is this is this like a big elephant in the room that I have not seen because of just random number generator? Maybe, but I'm just saying we have, as far as I know, we have not been to the orchid yet. Okay, well that's reassuring. Anyway, so Juliet quietly but calmly and firmly backs uh, Sawyer's plan up of going to the beach. She's like, you know, why not? Miles is like, all right. Well, who put him in charge? Uh, regarding Sawyer, Sawyer thanks Juliet for backing him up, and she's like, you know. It is a stupid plan, but if I didn't say anything, we'd just be sitting there arguing about it for another hour. So, which is a po- fair point. Fair point. Which going back to the D and D thing earlier. Uh huh. So, are we are we casting Miles and Juliet right now? Yeah, you, I, we fucking yeah. need to. So, okay, okay, Miles. I'm not really sure. I kind of want to say Necromancer. I was, I was going to say Warlock. Yeah, maybe. Um, I always forget which magician type can do dead things. Um, clerics, actually. Cler- okay. ne- necromancers are cleric offshoots. However, I would probably say Miles is a warlock that... Does he get his powers? I forget. Okay, so warlock, it's... 
warlocks get warlocks powers are given to them by they're gifted to them by some okay. something else because one is a which, partnership one is through books yeah um well they're both through books but warlocks well, yeah, are like, usually but is, like, I, innate versus like yeah. learned well both war, warlocks and clerics are both okay. well warlocks are clerics are learned through education mm-hmm. basically warlocks are yeah. like literal packs with whatever yeah they make a pact with a yeah. deity and because I, I had a witch character in pathfinder yeah i would say but he, he's a warlock with some sort of undead deity maybe <laughs> um i don't feel like he has much clericy going on no so i but it, it'd be a, it'd be an odd warlock type but i feel like he's a warlock just due to what he can do and he'd probably be a He's kind of a weirdly high charisma type guy. Warlocks usually are charisma you defined. You say high charisma? Miles? Okay. I feel like that. He's he. I, I feel don't like know. he's very pragmatic and he's very like no nonsense. Like yeah, he he's no nonsense, but he's efficient with it. This one no nonsense is though. He's just very like straight to the point and blunt. Yeah, which means he's rolling high in his charisma checks of sure. no nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I guess I I could see that. Yeah. I um. Juliet, I. It's hard to say, right? Because, like, I would say she definitely has a high healing kind of thing, but she's also, like, the calming influence. Yeah. I I almost want to say druid. No, I was saying the same thing. I was about to say maybe, maybe a druid with just a fucking lot of healing type magic. She's very calm. She's very neutral. Just, like, she will... Go for whatever side she's currently on. We've seen her jump sides off. She's yeah. she's very very neutral, but she has a lot of healing mm-hmm. magic. I that's kind of makes sense to me. It's not really earth based, but it is kind of fitting I, for I her. I could sort of see, like in terms of given that she her background seems to be gynecology and fertility. Fertility, kind of yeah, thing, fertility, so like, fertility. That's druid kind of what makes me think druid. Druid goddess of fertility or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like a. Uh, a life god counter to Miles's death god, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Yeah, she's a druid. She's god, a druid. This is a f- with, with fragile wizards. Yeah. Well, and then speaking of fragile wizards, fucking Sawyer. No, not That's Sawyer. Right. No, no um, Dan. No, we were talking about what Jack was. But anyway, go on. Dan. Yeah. Dan. Yeah. Faraday. Faraday is the most fragile wizard of our. He mm-hmm. is the super low con, super low charisma, super super high int wizard that. If it was Starfinder, he'd be like a technomancer. But yeah, no, he's no, no, he's I'm, in his lab. Yeah, no, I just say he's he he's the kind of wizard that has seen so some squishy. that has seen some Cthulhu shit and has like, acquired. Charlotte some... was his tank. Yeah. He is a squish wizard. Yeah, he has acquired some mental, like mental issues along the way that make things complicated, like almost mm-hmm. like. Call it Cthulhu, like, derangements, almost. I have not played that, but I did play a one-shot where we did have sanity points, so. Yeah, but yeah, no, he he is that super high-int wizard that has had sanity point failures and has issues dealing with keeping track of his own fucking place and timeline like, at this point. Like, I would point. say if he was a player, he would be the kind who did not listen to the DM and, like, kept his own sheets and scribble notes on the back of them, but they're illegible so he's like oh no what was that thing that i wrote like four sessions ago and like i i knew i knew i had it but he wrote it in pencil and it smudged and it was at the bottom of his backpack so it's a little bit torn and yeah yeah and then every once in a while he's like oh i'm gonna roll if i know this yeah i know this and he explains why and then he goes back into not remembering what the fuck his character is actually doing at the time hmm. 
Yeah. I don't know enough about Jin to assign him a thing. Yeah, Jin is a character that you actually really don't I know really much don't. about. Because we haven't we still have yet to see a Jin and Son back at um flashback episode. Nope. Is there I think that's one of the only major characters we haven't seen a flashback episode. Oh, have you seen a Charlie one yet? No. No, we haven't seen I a Charlie haven't seen one a Charlie yet. Back or um Aaron's mother. Claire. Claire. I haven't seen Yeah, we haven't, you haven't seen a Claire story. one. We have seen a we have seen a Desmond focused episode, but it yeah. wasn't a flashback. But yeah, we haven't seen any Jin and Sun episodes yet, which is interesting. So Arguably, we'll I don't really have anything for Ben either, but I feel like he's just going to remain an enigma. Uh... Um, You did see some of Ben's flashback during the last season five episode, because we sure. did meet young Ben, even yes. though that technically wasn't his own flashback. But we got it a was lot young between ben. when he was 10 years old and ostensibly 40-something. Yeah. Uh, Sawyer. Uh, class or Sawyer. Oh, Sawyer's a rogue. Sawyer's a fucking high charisma mastermind rogue. Mm-hmm. He is the, yeah, he is the... He's bl- a skills monkey? He's the bluffing fucking skills monkey. When it comes into it, he's really not that good in a fight, and he's... But he, he puts his points in intimidation and deception. Exactly. He has super high deception, he has adequate charisma, might be looks-based. He can backstab somebody like a motherfucker. He is a rogue. Okay. I feel pretty good with where we're at in our uh, D&Difying of yeah. lost characters. Shall we move on? We should move on. Moving on two, three years earlier. Uh, wait, no, that's where we were. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, we got distracted because I was talking about Daniel. And then you were like, yeah, he's a fragile wizard. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he is. She, Ju- Sawyer and Juliet have flirty banter about stuff. I think it's adorable. And then we hear, ooh, gunshots. Ooh, squatchy horns! Stuff is happening! <laughs> Daniel is confused, which is his perpetual state, so I don't know why I took the time to type that. We continue on through the jungle to a clearing of sorts, like an open field. Uh, a woman is shrieking over somebody named Paul, or about somebody named Paul, like, Oh God, Paul! There are two men advancing on her. Our team watches these two men grab said woman and put a burlap sack over her head. Dan says, it doesn't matter what we do, whatever happens, happens. Which is a title drop for the next episode that I have seen, yep. but early. Which is, did they say whatever happened, happened, and whatever happened, happened? They did not. Okay, so it's a weird case of title dropping three episodes before it actually happened. Happens. And Daniel's not actually in that episode as far as I know. Yeah, actually, yeah, we didn't see him, I don't think. Which is the question I will bring up to you later. We'll get to that. All right. Well, all right. There's three episodes for him to disappear. The woman seems to be, looked like she was having a picnic because there's fabric on the ground and stuff on it. But, you know, it's it's a situation. Sawyer points his gun at one of the two men, says, drop the gun. But Juliet takes the initiative and shoots the guy because she had a higher role. She <laughs> plays sniper here as Sawyer's there. He shoots the other person who goes to try and shoot Who's she? Huh? Um, Julie. She and Juliet. Juliet, yeah. Okay. He and Juliet take the uh, guns off the people they just shot and pull the hood off this woman's head. It's Amy from earlier, but understandably not pregnant because this is three years earlier. He says, hey, hey, you're you're safe. It's over. And she's like, who the fuck are you? Except not in that too. She's She's more like, who are you? Uh, and looks very panicked. 
Juliet. Understandably. Juliet notes that her friends are wearing a Dharma jumpsuit, so that places us in maybe the 70s or 80s. She's not sure where the other two guys are from, though. And by her friend, she means the dead body that Amy was crying over. Others, I guess? Sora tells Amy that they're, they were shipwrecked on their way to Tahiti. Amy tells them that the two bodies need to be buried because of the truce. And that we need to bring him back home. Him referring to deceased Dharma jumpsuit man. She begs them to help. Jen volunteers to carry Paul. Sora says they'll help bury the two bodies. Amy says, oh, he wasn't my friend. He was my husband. Gasp. Uh, Sawyer says, all right, well, and he tells his friends, let me do the talking when we get to this compound because I'm used to lying for a living. Juliet yells suddenly at Daniel to stop as they're walking as they come across the fence line with orbs. Those like plinths that have orbs on top of them. Juliet says it looks like some kind of sonic fence and tells, ask, demands Amy turn it off. Amy's like, well, where is your ship going? Don't know if they really answer it. Amy goes to turn off the fence, but we hear a buzzing afterwards. I don't know. Maybe our team is dumb. They failed. Yeah, on, they're pretty dumb. They failed on this perception roll. Did you see Amy pull something off out of the uh, box? Uh, I, I mean, think, she I think... entered something in the keypad, opened it, and yanked on something, so like a wire or whatever. She, yeah, she, no, she, she pulled something out of the box after she opened it, is what it was. Like, okay. Yeah, I, th- I figured you might have been too busy typing to Yeah, I was too busy typing, yeah. but like, I feel like after she like, put something in, it started buzzing. Yeah. Which I was kind of like, that's not turning it off, you guys. Come on. It's, it's the kind of thing that I'm like, be smart enough to like, try to throw something at it. They failed their their perception rolls. Yeah, yeah, Everything they all works did. better in the, like, a D&D framework. <laughs> uh, Amy, they were like, okay, well, you walk through first because they don't trust her. Which, fair point. Amy walks through seemingly fine. And she's like, oh yeah, it's fine. So they start going, but then everyone collapses. As they're writhing on the ground... She pulls earplugs out of her head. Yep. Any other thoughts on that before I move to another time? I figured that was pretty pretty accurate, actually, for the most part. Yeah, okay. I don't... If, if there's anything else you want to say, well, I hope it's can. accurate. I'm taking notes as the episode goes. Yeah, but no, I can't think of anything else to really add to that moment. Not aside, much lore building. Yeah. Three years later, Amy is in labor. There's a doctor man with longish hair and glasses, and he tells her to relax. He, Sawyer asks him, well, how is everything? He's like, not good. The baby's in breach, meaning it is upside down, so it is going uh, head first. No, 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 it's supposed to go head first, feet first. It's going feet first. And doctor's like, you know, I'm a generalist or an internalist. I'm not a specific OBGYN. Normally when women have to deliver babies, we put them on the sub and they deliver on the mainland. So Sawyer's like, oh, fuck, and jogs off, probably in search of Juliet. He comes across her doing car repair. Well, I mean, they had to keep up cover stories yeah. for a bit, I guess. Sure. I Maybe she's got skills to be a mechanic or whatever, but like, she, she's like, hey, hey, Amy's having her baby. She's like, every time I help a woman on this island try to give birth, it hasn't. It hasn't resulted in a successful uh, birth. She's not super convinced he's trying to pull her out of retirement, but she moves because she cares about people. Aww, uh, Juliet cares. Back in the infirmary, 
The doctor's like, hey, has anyone talked to Horace? We need to get his permission. But Amy's like, no, I'm good. I want, well, it's not good. But she's like, I want, I want her to do it. Meaning Juliet. Oh, yeah. We should mention at this point that Horace is totally fucking knocked out. Yeah. Pissed well, we mentioned drunk. earlier, like, he was playing around with dynamite and was unconscious of the bottle. So he's still passed out oh, on yeah. the couch. Juliet's concerned, but, you know, she keeps a face up for Amy and sort of, like, gives her a squeeze and is like, you're going to do great. Um, Jen asks Sawyer if Amy's okay. Jen definitely has, like, Asian success perm going on. (laughs) So he's doing okay, I guess. Uh, Jen says they finished grid 33 today, but no sign of their people. Grid 133. Or grid 133, yeah. So Sawyer kind of sighs and is like, well, guess we'll move on to grid 134. Juliet comes out looking kind of stricken for a second. And we're like, (sighs) but she says, it's a boy. They're okay, he's okay, she's okay, everyone's okay, and we have hopeful strings. We have a successful island birth. Yay, island baby. It only took us 25 episodes. Which, I guess... Well, it took us 25 episodes. Oh, I know, in the show, that would be... It took the show... 100-ish? Five seasons. You're assuming 25 episodes per season-ish. Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. So, I guess I should talk about what I think is going on when Jen says they finished grid 133. Yeah. I assume that they're doing quadrants of the island. Uh, Reasonable. I have friends who do ecology research and they have these, I want to say it's like meter by meter, uh, just PVC pipe quads with strings going across so you can do like quadrant by quadrant surveys of a in their case, the meter title, but you just put yeah. It I mean, I, I'd assume the quads picture, are going to be a hell of a lot bigger on the survey. island. Yeah, island is probably bigger. So anyway, they're doing section by section searches, and I figure one thirty three was no good. They're just going to move on to the next quadrant. The size, the actual exact size of this island is still kind of nebulous to you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't a, know if it would be meaningful if I had an idea of area. Yeah, because as I mentioned a few episodes ago, the their ability to travel on this island seems much more based upon uh, plot convenience. Plot convenience than well, actual size. I mean, I mentioned Game of Thrones earlier, right? It, yeah. Game of Thrones has this problem because you have Littlefinger traversing the entire length of fictional England sometimes, and it's like, no, it should take time to go from the north back down to King's Landing. But we don't apparently don't care about travel times only in the books. Yeah. Where we're stuck in the marine forever. Exactly. So That's we'll get to that eventually. There. Uh, Game of Thrones? Oh, oh no, we're not going to do... We, I mean, we can't do Game of Thrones at random, but oh my god, that'd be a great show oh, to do at random. We, which, we, which, which, we which, could it, recap Game of Thrones at random. I don't... That already exists. I've seen this dude's YouTube video for oh, it. Oh, that's funny. Oh man, I I, I, I know that exists because I remember some guy hilarious. watching. I'm start, so sorry. Some guy starting to watch it in like the middle of season six. I'm so oh gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I know that exists. I'm still kind of flirting with the idea of a Breaking Bad type thing, or maybe The Wire. I'm, I don't know. I'm reluctant on both of those because so I've good. heard people. Yeah, well, ex- exactly. People say those are both very good. So, so we would do them a disservice to break up the narrative. Lost, I don't care as much. <laughs> Lost fucks with its own chronology, so why not just like put the blender on a higher setting? 
We could, I mean, we could still do something like Fringe, but that's oh, very no. episodic. That also sucked. I, had a I mean, it is J.J. Abrams' next or show after this. similar, but not, that I also don't care about as much, but everyone has strong opinions about. I don't know. The Office. I mean, yeah. we could do something that neither of us have seen. We could just fucking go all out and go, like, Buffy or something. Uh, yeah, that's true. We could do that. And it's like, over, so there's no stakes. There's like a 500 episodes. So. Yeah, it's very Monster of the Week, and there are overarching plot lines, and yeah. another show that my friends will hate me for watching at random, but it happens. It, we it, still have plenty of lost episodes. If you want to tire ourselves up for the next decade, we could do fucking um, Supernatural. We could. <laughs> that is an option, because I do not care to see that narratively, but... Yeah, I don't know. They're only at, what, 17, 18 seasons now? They're on season 15. Oh my god. Uh, I can't believe I that. Believe, you know, we can check in with Melissa about that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we still need to get through the rest of episode 25. Yeah, we do. Continue on. Sawyer wakes up on a couch in flannels. I think this is three years ago, but we didn't get a Chiron telling us. I think they were just expecting us to context clue it. Which yeah, that was kind of a weird thing for me. I was like, what? Yeah, I picked up on that. A uh, man with long hair and glasses asks Sawyer, how is your head? And glasses man says, you know, there's hostile indigenous people on this island and we don't get along with them. So, you know, precautions, which is interesting because the only other faction we know of is Richard Alpert and his team. So... If he is treating, if he's referring to them as the indigenous people, yeah, I find that interesting that this well, white man with eyeshadow is being considered indigenous, like indigenous in that they were on the island before Dharma, maybe. Well, you know, like, Richard was on the island in the fifties. Yes, you know it is currently the seventies. We don't know exactly when Dharma showed up. This is the South Pacific, though. Is it the South Pacific? I mean, it ought to be, but, like, the white man is too pasty to survive long-term here, is what I'm going to say. So I would not consider Richard Alpert to be an indigenous person. On that Which note, I like, want, what I, do you know about, like, Richard Alpert? Like, what do you really know about that? That he, that beautiful eyelash He's man. an eyelash man with eyeshadow or mascara, and he seemingly doesn't age, and is annoyingly plot-relevant. <laughs> that's all i got okay so on my radar it's like oh hostile indigenous people what but okay sure fine sawyer introduces himself as my name's james luffler you can call me jim he uh he's like where are my friends and they said oh well all your friends said you had the answers and he's like yeah yeah i was the boat captain uh we hit the reef and we crashed and we're here they were a salvage vessel looking for an old slaver out of Portsmouth, England, called the Black Rock. Have you heard of it? And Horace is like, can't say that I have. It again, one of these small things were interesting that, like, you already know what the Black Rock yes. is. But if, it, it took you longer than it should have to know what it was, so I'm kind of glad like this of, wasn't why you yeah. found out the name this way, but yeah. It feels like... Sawyer is trying to figure out how much Horace knows. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm definitely. like fishing, dangling, whatever. Well, it's. Here's my bait. Yeah, as Ben's dad, I forgot his name, explained in the next season five episode we saw, LaFleur doesn't ever ask any questions he doesn't already know the answer to. Mm -hmm. So. Well, that's because time travel. 
Horace asks, well, if you crashed, why did you wander in the jungle after wrecking? Sawyer says, we had other people on our boat and we were looking for them. Horace says, okay, well, there's a submarine that comes tomorrow morning. It'll take you guys to Tahiti. The only members allowed to stay here are members of the Dharma Initiative. I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you are not Dharma material. If we recall from the one informational video we saw, the Dharma Initiative is some kind of weird hippie collective slash science thing. So, I mean, it is the 70s. We are a little bit past 70s counterculture, but like, you know, electric Kool-Aid bus thing. Yeah, but you you also know that they had a lot of resources. They do. Like, they definitely... Because they had the, uh... Because uh, they've built... Danish or, uh... Um, Hanzo. Holland, dude. Yeah, I'll... We'll I'll, see him again. It's something Hanzo. Point. I don't know. I only yeah. saw one mention of it so far. No matter how much of Hippie Collective they have, they built all these stations, and these stations are not small projects, especially the Swan, which... The size of the swan is kind of gigantic, given how deep it's gone and everything Unrelated. else that you know Every of. time we mention the swan, I get the Berlioz tone poem, the swan. Or is it Camille Saint-Saëns? I don't know. It's an English horn thing that's like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. That plays in my head. Anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know um, what that is. I'll play it for you later. Yeah. I don't know. It feels a little culty. Oh, definitely. Meanwhile, outside, Miles says, oh, no, we're screwed. Sawyer's probably trying to explain time travel by now. Juliet's like, we'll give him more credit than that. Actually, Juliet doesn't say anything. Maybe she does? I don't know. No, she I'm says that I'm sure he'll be able to handle it. Yeah. Or something. And she's just kind of distracted looking over to the side. And Miles or somebody's like, what are you looking at? And she says, that house over there, I lived in it for a little over three years. Miles is like, well, were you Dharma? And she's like, no. Uh, the others took over these barracks and wiped out most of the people who lived in them. They brought me on a, in on a sub long after that. So, okay, that does confirm that yeah, this the should, others are not Dharma. Yeah, so this should this 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 should be this so like, this episode should be fixing a lot of your idea of factions. Yeah, pretty well. For a while, I thought it was our beach crew versus Dharma slash others. But then, I guess, Dharma and the others are different. So, on the uh, Inter-77 video, when they're talking about hostiles, that's very different from Dharma. And Albert is said hostile faction. That doesn't solve to me where which one Mikhail belongs to, but based on the fact that he's there, probably implies that he's said hostile. Well, I mean, Mikhail was, you know, that was 2004. Yeah. And it, Dharma he, doesn't really... It, I think Dharma you, got wiped out by the time yeah. 2004, the 2004 crash happened. So the only factions on Contemporary Island are others and our beach crew. But when well, we time travel, at we the start, have... Because we also, you have to worry about um, <sighs> Widmore's faction Okay, later yeah, on. yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So there's like In four the factions at play. And... But I mean, like... Whitmore is looking for the island. It is not on the island. For on the island factions, we have Beach Crew, we have Richard Alpert's Others, which hired Juliet at some point, and we have the Dharma, which built the stations. That's what I got. Yep. Yeah. And then, as this kind of hinted at, Dharma might have been eradicated and the Others might have taken over the Dharma stations. Maybe. That might be what it's hinting at, unless Dharma still does exist. Yeah. 
Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, this episode seems to make clear that the others with, like, a capital O and Dharma are very different. In the episode we see, a few episodes from now, involves Ben. Yeah. How Ben talk about, might join well, the others. Well, there, yes. Yes. Which probably makes him the chosen one because he is of both worlds. The other Jin <laughs> asks Daniel, no more flash, and Daniel's like, no more flash. The record is spinning again, but we're not on the song that they want to be. He's very sad. He sees a small red-headed toddler who waves at them. He's like, Charlotte. So maybe it's baby Charlotte? Do you think baby Charlotte was on the island? Yes, because the show was dumb enough to do that. Okay. Or it could just be another red-headed toddler that reminds him of her, but she's probably got ties to this island. Glasses, ma'am. Horace says they'll be shown to their rooms and Mr. Lafleur will update them. I think they're all like, Lafleur, and he's like, it's Creole. It's what I went with. Suddenly, an alarm goes off. Floodlights pop on. Panic ensues. Phil, who we saw at the beginning of this episode, shoves our crew into a house and asks a woman named Heather to keep an eye on these people. Heather is okay with this, I guess, but she's more concerned with what's going on outside. She's got a gun and she's watching outside of her kitchen window. A man with a torch walks into the compound, plants the torch. I think it's Eyelash Man. Yes, it is Eyelash Man. I know his name is Richard Alpert, but eyelashes are his primary feature as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's uh, true, though. Juliet slowly blinks her eyes in recognition and shares a loaded glance of Sawyer, and Sawyer says, uh-oh. Commercial break. Coming back. Glasses man leaves his house and approaches Richard, hands in pockets, which I feel is kind of a, I mean, it could be just like, a, I'm nervous, I'm going to put my hands in my pockets, or you have something in your pockets but you're, that you're going to try and use against me, but I'm Richard Albert, so like, good luck. I mean, they greet each other. Uh, yeah, hey, Mr. Albert. Mr. Goodspeed. Horace says, I wish you would let us know when you were coming so we could turn the fence off. And Richard's like, the fence may keep out other things, but not us. What are, okay. Whatever us is. Well, what do you think those other things are? People with very good eyelashes that don't need mascara. I figured that's what us were. What do you think the other things are? Uh, it's the Pacific. Fucking polar bears, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I mean, this show could introduce another faction, and I would be very frustrated by that. <sighs> <laughs> that was a great five. It's a, I mean, like, it's a sonic-based barrier, so it'd be something that, you know, pays attention to oral things, but I don't know. The things that exist on this island, what do you think a sonic-based barrier would keep out that is not human? I just wonder how high it goes, because, like, birds could just fly over that shit. You think they're um, trying to keep out the hurly birds? Yeah, I thought those were things in his brain, but if you're going to imply that they're actually things, I st- I'm going to shelf, I'm going to put that on the table for another day. I'm just implying things. Yes, I know you are, and so I'm just going to put those on the table for the for another day. Uh, weird island manifestations, I don't know. I should care, but I'm just kind of like, uh. Fair enough. Okay. General threats. Maybe they thought it would work against Richard Albert and his people, but it didn't. But they had already built the fence, so why not leave the fence? Let's see. Um, Richard wants to know where his two men are. The two men that were threatening Amy that were shot by Julian and Sawyer earlier. 
Thor, <laughs> no, Horus comes in and asks Sora, hey, how well did you bury those bodies? And Sora's like, depends on how hard he looks. Horus tells Phil to call the arrow. Closed captioning had arrow and cap. Or with a capital, so it's a proper noun. And tell the, them, the arrow, that we're at condition one. Take the heavenly ordinance and make sure the fence is at maximum. Yeah, That's so, a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Those are all recognizably English words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they mean put together in that order. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they're going for, honestly. So, the arrow is some sort of authority figure, I guess, and condition one is probably just like, we're at DEFCON 1, whatever, threat level, raised. I don't know what they mean by take the heavy ordinance, because... I, I mean, unless he's telling him to take the heavier policy of several policies. Uh, heavy heavy ordinance generally refers to the big fucking guns. That's an interesting name for a gun. Yeah, well, yeah, but if you ever hear the terms heavy ordinance in regards to anything, like, military-wise, it means that they're bringing out, like, rocket launchers and okay, the big guns. Like, the biggest guns they have. I think of, like, policy, like... This is an ordinance against having like dogs poop on your park or something. Yeah, no, no, there. Okay. It, it definitely means like bring out the big guns, like bring out like the tanks and shit if you have them. Okay. Well, obviously, I don't have a military background, so to me, that seems like a weird policy name. Euphemism, yeah. whatever. Let's see. Sawyer tells Horace, "Hey, let me talk to your friend with the eyeliner, because I was the one who killed their men." And Horace is like. I'm not convinced this is going to work, but all right. Uh, Juliet asks Sawyer if he knows what he's doing. Sawyer says, nope, I don't, but I will figure it out. And I trust Sawyer because he's got that high charisma stat. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. I can't think of anything else we need to really I have nothing else to say about the arrow, whatever that may be. I'm going to assume that it's head of Dharma, one of the two, like it was like the married scientist couple and the Dutch financier, I think we're at the top of the pyramid. I see one of those is the arrow, but I I don't have enough information to really speculate in that direction, so I'm not gonna. I will allow you to continue that thought. Sawyer walks out. He says, hey, Richard, and Richard's like, uh, do I know you? Sawyer says, uh, I was the one who killed your men, because I heard two gunshots and I saw them throwing a bag over a woman's head. And Richard's like, if you're not a member of the Dharma Initiative, then what are you? Which is an interesting phrase, right? Not who are you, what are you? Metahumans. I mean, Richard... Or not. Richard's old enough, he knows his shit. Richard's old enough, he knows his shit, and he's probably not human. Sawyer asks Richard, Hey, did you bury the bomb with Jughead written on it? I don't know if Richard said yay or nay. Richard said yes. On okay. that note, I'm also... Ex- it was a bunch of rapid-fire Ex- questions. Yeah, I'm also really glad that you have seen Jughead before this episode, because, or not, because this is this 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 entire conversation would have probably been a thousand times more confusing if you hadn't ish, seen Jughead. Ish. I mean, that would have just been one more mystery box that we've gotten yeah. to at some point. Um, but we've seen Jughead, so this is all stuff Jughead, you know. So yeah, okay, Jughead is buried. Uh, he then talks about, hey, so like a bald man limped in your camp 20 years ago saying some mumbo jumbo about he's your leader. Yeah, that man's name is John Locke and I'm waiting for him to come back. You still think I'm one of the Dharma folks? And Richard's like, no, not at all. But my people still need some kind of justice. 
Uh, we flash over to Sawyer and Horace come into the room where Amy and her, Amy's husband Paul is, and she's still weeping over the body. They they told he Horace is like Jim worked it out with Richard. He told him where the bodies are because that was the only way to maintain the truce. But the other part of it is I need to take Paul's Richard needs to take Paul's body back with him. Horace says, you know, it's completely your choice, but you know, if, if you like, if you don't want to give in to him, we will suffer the consequences. She she's still very sad, but she thinks after a moment and says, you can take Paul. He would want to keep us safe. But she does ask for a minute. She has a minute with him. Paul has a wooden onk necklace on him that she takes. Sawyer whispers an apology. She glances at him and walks away. Sawyer asks Horace if he needs help hoisting the body, and Horace says, I got it. He also continues on to say, The sub leaves tomorrow, but it'll return in two weeks. You have two more weeks to look for the rest of your crew. Sawyer thanks him and goes outside. He tells Juliet he bought them two more weeks, she replies. And then what? She knows that the flashes have stopped. They don't have any more headaches or bloody noises. She wants to leave this fucking island, which... I don't blame her. She's been here a long time. Sawyer pauses. She's like, you do realize it's 1974. Whatever you're going back for doesn't exist yet. And she's like, I mean, that's not a reason to go. She just wants... I just want to leave. Uh, And he's like, well, what about me? You're going to leave me with a mad scientist and I speak to dead people? And, you know, Jen's not a great conversationalist. It's a very cute moment. There's some bantery things. <laughs> she agrees on thinking, sticking around for another two weeks. But we all know she sticks around for three years. Yeah, because the Chiron pops up saying three years later. <laughs> so during all that, anything else you want to mention during any of those long expositional things you just mentioned? I'm curious about what the nature of the truce is. I'm assuming it's a don't bother us, we won't bother you kind of thing. But the fact that there are men that are dead is kind of like a blood debt must be paid. I get the sense that Albert's people are, I mean, they say similar in what happened happens when they're like, oh, well, if we cure this boy, he's going to be one of us. He'll be forever marked. That theirs is very much like a one-to-one kind of thing. Like a you stab us, we stab you kind of thing. We heal you. We do a favor for you. We need to do a favor for us. Why do you think they want the dead bodies? That is a good fucking question. Uh, the fact that he remains the same in 1950, 1974, and 2004 um, indicates that there's some kind of maybe... I don't know if it's immortality or something to that effect going on. I don't know if he's absorbing a life essence out of them. Maybe he's just reviving them. I don't know enough about the others to really distinguish that. Alright, do you think that's an others thing or an island thing? I don't know if those are separate. Okay. So I know Juliet was brought to the island by the others ostensibly doing something with fertility and looking at pregnant women. So that seems to be a thing that the others are preoccupied with. And they definitely are interested in island properties because they take an interest in Locke. And granted, that could be because Locke stumbled into their camp in 1950 and was like, I'm going to be born in 12 years. Find me and love me. 
But they don't because <laughs> no one, everyone leaves Locke and he's a sad, broken husk of a man who needs therapy. So I'm not really sure what Dharma, I feel like, is just a hippie collective. Okay. I don't know if they've, like, they, they are experimenting on things. I don't know if they are fully aware of what is present on the island. The others seem to have been there before. Again, with uh, Horace's term of the use of the term indigenous, which I have questions about, but no. Yeah. So that's that's my thoughts on others and Dharma. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Uh, if there's anything else, continue on. Three years later, Soar's walking through what I used to call Other Village. I guess I should just call it Island Village because it was not Other Village. It was Dharma Village. Maybe Star? Star Village? Star Village. Maybe, yeah. Uh, he picks a yellow flower. We pan over a set dining table with Dharma Merlot and some fantastic looking salad. Oh, the, I mean, yeah, no, I noticed that too. The, the veggies on display during that were really good looking. And we hear Juliet saying, like, oh, welcome back. And she puts some pasta in a colander. She asks if that flower is for her. And he says, you were amazing today. And she thanks him for believing in her. And they exchange, I love you. I love you twos. They hug and then they kiss. It's not like a passionate kind of kiss, but it's a kiss. And that's fine. I ship it. It's okay. I'm comfortable with it. I still think so. <laughs> I still think Sawyer Jack is a more interesting ship. Yeah, but Jack's been gone for but three Jack years. But Jack is gone. And I think... Sawyer Juliet, or James Juliet, is, is a healthier pairing. I'm fine with that. We see Sawyer reading later, but he looks up when he hears snoring. He tells Horace to wake up. He says, I've got good news and bad news. Which do you want first? And Horace is like, well, good news, I guess. Uh, there was a weird... That was Yeah, that was a weird time transition. Yeah, well, I, mean, I assume Sawyer, after, he, after dinner with Juliet, he went to go wait until Horace woke up. Uh, good news, you're a father. Bad news, you missed it. Sawyer prods him about the drinking. Horace is like, well, I was looking for socks because all mine were dirty. So I was looking through Amy's sock drawer and I found Paul's necklace in the back. And we got into a fight because it's, you know, it's only been three years since he's been gone. Is it is that really long enough for somebody to get over someone? Dude, he's dead. Where yeah. is he? Paul? Yeah. Presumably, but then they have, again, we were just talking about how the others took his body and why would they want a body. They do seem very one-to-one, which actually doesn't make sense. I mean, if they took two, 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 bodies, two, two of them died and they took Paul's body, so it's not really one-to-one. No, it's like, yeah, like two-to-one or like Do a, you think they revived Paul? Probably. Okay. Something weird is happening. Sawyer takes this opportunity to talk about, like, you know, I had a thing for a girl. And I had a shot, but I didn't take it. And then she left, and I dwelled on it. But now, I can barely remember what she looks like. She's gone, and she ain't coming back. So, you know, I think three years is enough. Who could he be talking about? Yeah. With show context, it is obviously Kate. Oh my god, not Kate. Which I, I feel like I should point out here that, you know, they did sleep together a few times so he did pursue the opportunity i don't know what he means by like i had a shot and i didn't take it you you took you took a shot you, you took a lot of shots you took several shots you took, like you, it, took, you, you took quite a few I shots i would call that like that was a relationship i don't know how far you wanted the relationship to go but i like do 
do you want to get island married? Like, I don't know. I mean, you fucked in a cage and you fucked in a tent, and that yeah, that, that we know of. It's not. It's not like you had an unrequited crush, and you're like, oh no, somehow will never notice me. No, you you, <laughs> you looked at you, you had a mutual attraction. You both acted on it, so I don't. I don't understand. It's him. not her fault that you ended up separated by. 50 years and weird time travel bullshit. But yeah, so I don't understand him saying, oh, I had a shot and I didn't take it and then I dwelled on No, like you... <sighs> Unless it's like long-term shot as in we could have like gotten married and had babies and I could have left on the island with her and then like I guess. I mean, she did take care of your baby in sure, the long run. broadly speaking, but like... It's disingenuous to imply that you didn't have some kind of relationship with this girl. <laughs> and you're just pining from afar. So, yeah. That's that's my thought on that. Okay. The the more fun interpretation that is not taken here is, what if he's talking about Jack? I mean, the other... He had a thing for, we'll call it a girl, because this is 2009, and... States are being still kind of bigoted towards, you know, marriage equality. And, you know, he maybe had a shot but didn't take it, and Jack left on the helicopter. And actually, yeah, no, the reading supports Jack way more. I'm I mean, the, the, the other thought is it could be Cassidy? Is that her name? Uh, the one he had a fucking baby with. Yeah, that's Cassidy. But again, yeah, a fucking baby. And then he ran the fuck away. Yeah. Zana, Jack. Sawyer is having attachment issues. <laughs> so many attachment issues. Aside from Juliet, apparently. Because then the next scene is bed. And it's Sawyer and Juliet wrapped up in, for once, uh, in a bed scene. Uh, she seems to be appropriately, like, unclothed. Which is, I don't know if this is an uncomfortable thing to talk about on my podcast. But, like, when it's a couple and they've done it and that she go into the morning after yeah, I mean often on network scenes they're both in pajamas and it's like who had the time? They do that to do they do or they do that super awkward like somehow she has the bedding up to her chest and he has it down to his waist type thing which is just not a realistic situation and in this case Julia it's sleeping face down so they can still get their like boob sensor but like it is I mean, the, the question I have is that Sawyer is wearing a tank and shorts, and I'm like, okay, at some point he got up and was like, you know, I'm cold. I'm going to put clothes on. <laughs> it's specific. <laughs> I have questions. But, all right. Is it? Sure. I mean, maybe he maybe he does appreciate having pajamas on. So. Dude did live in a tent for X amount of time. Yeah. Anyway. Enough about, like, speculating on, oh, no, this, I sh- you shouldn't be like, oh, you shouldn't speculate on sex lives. It's, it's part of this podcast is, uh, the phone is ringing. He picks up the phone. I was like, wait, what? No, okay, don't bring them in. Just, just meet me in the North Valley. Hangs up the phone, gets up, and starts pinning on the jumpsuit. Juliet asks who it was. He says, it's Jen. I gotta go. And she's like, but, but okay, but what? And she's like, no, I just gotta go. Luis. If only people in the show talk to each That'd other. Be nice. Well, if he said more, then she'd probably be like, "Well, let me come with." And she I looks know, very but comfortable. communication yes. is still. A, I know communication yeah. is terrible on the show. Use those charisma points, damn it! Sawyer drives the jeep to meet 
I what I assume is Jen in the BW bus on the north side of the island. You know, it's on uh, we can see the ocean, but it's like cliffside field lava rock. They stop the vehicles. Hurley and Jack get out of the van. Sora takes his glasses off. And oh hi, there's also Kate. We have some feelings and credits. Yeah. So I'm sure if you didn't know the next few episodes, that would be like a, oh my god, something to disrupt our idyllic life, or I don't know what, but you knew they were already there in the past. So I'm going to ask you, how the fuck did they get to the past? I don't know, and that's the confusing thing to me. So like, it went happen, happen, we did have the flashback. I mean, it is a flashback, even if it is in contemporary time, where Kate was saying, like, I, I don't want to go back to the island. I want to stay here with Aaron. But, oh, no, I lost him in a supermarket. Okay, I guess I'm going to go back and find Claire and Sawyer and everyone. So, somehow they travel back in time and also to the island to this point, which is curious. Well, I mean, that, like, the end of what happened happened was them all talking about getting back to the island. And yeah. However, also during that scene, Saeed, I think, think was there yeah. and i know sun was there yeah so also beach crew i guess is fine so i'm gonna guess that our off island team makes it back to the island sun and seed are like hey our friends have disappeared also the weird light things have stopped happening what well i mean why would sun and saeed know about the weird light things if they they could have left the island before the weird light things happened I don't have any evidence for that so that i mean okay like, true i could say oh we don't like, know when they left we don't we don't we don't well, yet we don't know okay. how they escaped is this you accidentally leaking information and then just quickly backtracking because like i have no textual evidence that sun or Sadie ever left we could say well, that they you, stayed we could say that you, they left. i you, don't have evidence either way you for have all s- i know they could have gone to elizabethan england had like tea and crumpets and come no back. but you saw them on that scene on the you, you saw them on that oh, scene yeah, on the yeah. dock no i did yeah you're right okay yeah so i don't know that's confusing yeah but you saw that scene on the dock when kate showed up and was like yeah blah 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 and then ben was there and it got weird okay. no no sorry ben wasn't yeah, Ben was there. Yeah, Ben was on the docks. Yeah, so he saw them on that scene in the dock, uh-huh. which is why we've had all these conversations about who the Oceanic Six are. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts? I just want to know how the hell you think that those three went back I don't in time. Know. Probably a stone tablet somewhere with language <laughs> on it, and they said a thing, and there was a magnet, and it vibrated, and then like things happened, and they all got knocked into the wall and passed out and woke up, and it was the seventies. I'm okay with that answer. Okay. That's um, what I got. Yeah. Are there any other characters that you want to try and figure out their <sighs> D&D stereotypes at the moment before you finish the episode? While they showed back up on the island? I mean, the only, like, main character ones that we should maybe figure out would be Kate, Hurley, and, of course, Locke. Yeah. So, let's, let's do that in the order. So, Kate. Okay. She's... Honestly, I also keep thinking of her Hobbit character. That's not helpful. <laughs> um, so I want to say Ranger, but I, I mean, she's good at tracking. So I think this tracks out, though. She's got tracking skills. She's got survival skills. She 
He has a moderate enough amount of like the charisma based ones to like try and broker a piece. Not always. Yeah, but most rangers tries. don't really have that much charisma. No, so like I think she's better out in the middle, either like laying track or hiding herself. Really good at the deception things. I would I would say ranger. What? Well, yeah, I can see that. Not perfect, but Tario, I can see what that. What do your eyes see? She's she's a ranger. Okay. I was gonna say Locke's the ranger. They can both be rangers. True, there's he's a ranger with more levels on him. Because remember, yeah. remember, there's the sequence where they're like, "Oh, I I follow this trail here," and they're like, "Oh, you can you can do tracks. I can do tracks too." Okay, show off your tactics. They're both rangers. I feel like Locke is a ranger with also a couple levels in Paladin, where he is yeah. furiously devoted to something. He's, yeah, he's multi-classing. I if we want to do alignment, she's definitely neutral to chaotic. No, she's chaotic. She's, she's chaotic, chaotic as fuck. Okay. I mean, like, right. you, you saw how much she fucked over, um... Nathan Fillion? Nathan Fillion. Yeah, whatever. I, I, don't, I don't remember his character. His character's name's not important. It's Nathan yeah. Fillion. And, uh, and, and, and you've heard general stories like about her s- past. I would like to say she is chaotic good at the moment. Maybe was chaotic neutral before. Because, like, she seems to always... But as- you, you've heard stories about her past, I've and they involve bad things. They involve bad things, but she's always she seems to be trying to do the right thing. Or okay, so I'm convinced at the moment she's more chaotic. Good. She's, she's trying. She's she's on a path of redemption. She's on a path of redemption. Yeah. Okay, I'm okay with that. I mean, there was a whole thing about taking care of Aaron. Like, even though yes, you stole a child from their mother, she's trying to bring Aaron up and not the island, which you Makes know sense. is a goal. Hurley. Hurley is weird. I'm gonna, I, 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 I don't know enough about Hurley to really. Yeah, I kind of want to say Bard. I can um, see that. Or he's very like he's a luck based class. Like uh-huh. he, there, I know there's there's that luck based rogue archetype. I can't think of what it's called right now. That might fit. There's a there's a luck based cleric, which also might work. But whatever it is, he's definitely like a luck subclass of that thing. I kind of want to say Bard because his charisma is through the fucking roof. That's what gets him. Get, that's what gets him through everything. Hugo. Yeah, everyone, everybody loves Hugo. So his, his his charisma is through the roof. I don't know if he can sing or any of that stuff, but he is shown to diffuse situations and that kind of thing. So I kind of feel like Hurley's a bard. Uh, just a really weird subclass of bard. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what, but that's what I'm thinking for Hurley. Let's see. And we decided Locke is a ranger. Because he's good at tracking. I think, but he's also kind of, he's a zealot, too. Yeah, I think Ranger Paladin, or maybe, like, yeah. Ranger, but he definitely has a deity of some kind, and the deity is the island. And he has a very, I would say love-hate. I don't know if he ever hates the island. He's just like, he's oh. very fervent about it. He's very much in the belief column. Yeah, he could a be a paladin one. with an island deity, and that island deity bestows him tracking powers, maybe. Maybe. Because... I mean, he can definitely do healing shit, at least to himself. Yes, because he used to be a cripple, and now he can walk. Yeah, and you've also seen him do super fast healing at other situations. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, alignment. Lock? Yeah. Fuck. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. Lawful towards his own whatever the fuck he thinks. That's... Accurate. Yeah, the thing, the problem is he keeps shifting his beliefs. He keeps shifting, like, yeah. He's very, he believes Zia on the island, and then there's something wrong, and he feels betrayed, and then something else happens, and then he latches onto that. 
Yeah, he's 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 lawful, but he's a terrible lawful. He's he's lawful to his current whim. Yeah, so I I mean I know like they're both the adjectives, but I would almost say like chaotic lawful. Yeah, no, kind of it's weird, but it kind of makes sense for or him. Like a, like a lawful neutral chaotic. Yeah, he doesn't. Because really... I don't want to say good. No, I, I, just, I wouldn't say just, good. He does too many. He does too many weird shit in there. Him. Yeah. I don't know. That's 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 a that's a difficult one. I don't know enough about Ben to prescribe him anything. Yeah, let's not touch everyone who's not in this episode because yeah. it's gonna take way yeah, too long to go sure. through that if we do. Yeah. But speaking of this episode, anything else you want to mention about this episode? A lot of it is stuff you did kind of know the aftermath of. Yeah, it was more sort of like putting the. Qu- it's like Jeopardy. It's putting the <laughs> questions to the answers given. Yeah. And not that it really helped much, because, like, now I know that, yes, indeed, they are stuck in the 70s, and it's because Locke did a thing underground, but where is Locke and when is Locke? Why is Locke? I don't know. Why is a lot of things at this point. Yes. So. So. Yeah, if you have anything else to mention, go for it. If not, I think we're probably at a decent stopping point until whenever the hell the next episode's gonna be. Yeah, I was I was gonna correct you, be like, wherever, but it really, whenever is, is an accurate statement, both in terms of the show and when we record... I mean, so, there could be an entire episode in Tunisia. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was my... Actually, that reminds me. What the fuck happened to Dan? Because he was with them until they joined the Dharma Initiative. Uh-huh. And then we did not see him in any Dharma passes. Oh, and we have not seen oh, him not, in episode 511. Was he not in uh, the house when Phil shoved them all into uh, the thing? I'm pretty sure it was like, he made it to the Dharma camp because he was watching yeah he was in the Dharma yeah he, he was, was like, in the Dharma camp Charlotte so um but everyone else if you want me to hypothesize between what happens between here and episode eight and the next one I see in episode eleven is he in episode eleven I don't remember he's not him seeing and you're telling me he's not so I'm gonna guess he's gonna follow the redheaded toddler somewhere and their parents are gonna rip him a new one. And that's why Dan disappears. <laughs> uh, I don't. It's all I got for you. Okay, yeah, because we haven't seen much past this, this point. So yeah, we'll see what He's happens next. Do something to try and figure out his way to Charlotte, and it's going to go either horribly right or horribly wrong. Fair enough. That's my prediction. Cool. Um, anything else you want to say? Uh, that's it. I still have not tried the bananas foster beer, but that's fine. It's not that good. Um, it's been a weird beverage day here at lost at random on episode 25 also we have made it to 25 episodes i know 25 episodes yeah we're farther in this podcast project than i would have thought yeah we're not quite a fourth of the way through though yeah but we should be getting there soon thanks for listening if you want to find us on social medias we have a facebook page i think it's facebook.com slash lost at random it is you can find me on twitter at Delmari, D-A-U-M-A-R-I. It is uh, Mammal March Madness as I as we are recording this. So most of my tweets this month are probably going to be on hashtag 2019MMM as I look at fictional mammals fighting each other. It's a great science communication thing. If I go do, Bengal Tiger. If I go Tigers. If I do tweet about the show, it's usually at the hashtag Lost at Random. As far as I know, I think I'm the only one using it. But you know, if you have thoughts pop in on there or on our Facebook page. Still doesn't really have any publicly open social medias, except, as we realized, untapped. <laughs> so if you want to see his beer thoughts there, he's at he's on untapped as the Sly Sill. 
He doesn't really put Lost Lots there, but if you want to see what he's drinking when we're not recording, it's there. Can't think of anything else. Cool. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Um, See what the hell happens next time. Bye, guys. Bye.